Hi there, it's Gareth here. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to my brand new podcast called The Thinking Biker. Thanks so much for listening in and welcome to this episode. Hi there and welcome to this brand new episode of The Thinking Biker. I wanted to say a huge welcome to this week's podcast and I have great news as well as being negative for COVID. We are now at over 200 downloads across the world for The Thinking Biker podcast, which is amazing. Uh, We have downloads in the UK, in the USA, in India, Cambodia, Spain, Germany, the Netherlands, the list goes on. It's amazing. So thank you so much for listening in and it is really, truly appreciated. So this week some amazing things have happened uh, to me and i'm going to talk about um, a topic which is kind of quite close and dear to my heart i teach it when i do my coaching work um, and i'll talk about that in a few minutes time but this week i was talking to a friend and a customer actually it was a former boss of mine who has become a friend and a customer in the fullness of time. Who And I said to them, I've got a podcast. Um, and they said to me, well, what's it all about? And I'd been thinking about this topic all week um, because I was going to meet with them uh, today and to share with them uh, that I'd got a podcast. And I'd been thinking about how I was going to describe it. <clears throat> and I think the the podcast has now really crystallized into two things that I'm going to share with you today uh, because it's really become, becoming quite clear what my um, my kind of design of podcast is, is meant to be really and uh, it does really connect quite well or very well or incredibly well to motorcycling because on a motorcycle you do two things really. You try to stay on the bike and not fall off it and then you also if you can manage to do that you try to enjoy the ride as well and staying on the motorcycle means looking at things like risks or what could go wrong it it means taking information in and using all of your abilities and capabilities to sense what could be around a bend and and preparing for things to go wrong and if they do go wrong being able to deal with them and it's about getting risks down to the absolute lowest level and then on the other side of life the more positive side it's about enjoying the ride and getting there with a smile on your face having fun maybe having new relationships along the way and building those and and having the wind in your face, enjoying the environment, the thrill of the ride and the adventure of travel and really going somewhere where you may have never 
been before. And I think if we just think about those two things, staying on and enjoying the ride, I think life is just the same. Life has inherent risks within it from the day that we are born uh, all the way through life. There are risks and we need to we need to be able to try to assess those risks, look at what could happen, look at what could happen around the next corner and prepare for things to go wrong. And also enjoy the journey as well. Get there with a smile on your face, have fun, have great relationships and enjoy the adventure that, that life can bring. I think life is like that and work is just the same. It's about staying on, it's about looking at the risks, isn't it? With work, we are compensated by somebody giving us their money for for our time, for doing what we do. And in that kind of transaction, there are risks because there are expectations set and we have to deliver. But there are all sorts of risks associated with work. But there are also thrills and enjoyment potential within there as well. You can have fun, you can have a smile on your face, you can develop great relationships and have a really great adventure. I know that I've had some great adventures in my working life. And so really, that's what this podcast is about, really. On the one hand, it's going to be and is about protecting. It's talking about topics that are to do with protecting ourselves from risk, but also it's talking about topics that are meant to be or intended to be focused on building on the positives uh, that that's we can have within our work, our life and our careers. So that's really an explanation of uh, what the podcast is about. And I shared that with both my, um, my former boss today and also shared it with a brand new person that I'd never met today, introduced the fact that I had a podcast and they said, what was it about? And I'd said, it's called The Thinking Biker and explained it in the terms I've just explained it and it made exact sense. So hopefully that analogy or metaphor of motorcycling, staying on and enjoying the ride, not falling off it is the right one to use. So in this podcast, I'm going to do a little bit of sharing about a new insight that I've uh, had this week on the positive side, on the development side of of work and of life. But before I do that, I just wanted to quickly take stock because I realised that this might be the very first episode that you listen to. And so far, I've recorded six, ep- six episodes, which, which add up to around three hours of... Um, of my my talking time and just I just thought let's just take the opportunity just to take stock for a moment and reflect back on what those episode episodes contain because often in life we move on very very quickly and it's so easy to move on and forget what we have done you know how often do we get through to the end of a week a working week and think my goodness what did I do yesterday what did I do on Monday what did I do last week? And it's very easy to move on and not take stock of what we've actually achieved and what we've done. So very quickly, episode one is an overview of the podcast, an overview of me, uh, about my, my life and a little bit about what the podcast is going to be about and how I'm going to build and design and develop it. So if that is of interest, 
please go back to podcast episode number one and uh, listen to that one. Episode two is about, well, episode two, three, and four are all dedicated to strategies um, which are to do with reducing the impact of workplace stress. Again, I would say those three episodes are focused on the how not to fall off the motorbike um, analogy, what to do when we are feeling overwhelmed and overtaken by work. And I describe six strategies within those three podcasts, um, which are aimed at um, reducing the effects of of workplace stress. Uh, They're all backed, well, five of them are backed scientifically by research provided by four incredible authors who wrote an article in Harvard Business Review online in, I think it was July 2022. The first two strategies described in episode two are around detachment, getting away from the stressor, and also taking micro breaks as well. So if that is of interest, please listen to episode two. Episode three is around two further strategies. Um, The first one is about personalizing our stress relief activities and about in very simple terms personalizing our lunch break and also uh, this the fourth strategy described is around uh, taking part in high energy activities as opposed to detachment which is strategy one strategy four is around high energy activities which also help to reduce workplace stress and then in episode four there are two more strategies. The fifth strategy within the article described is around getting into the environment and how beneficial the effect of that can be. And we only need to get out into the environment for 10 minutes and we can have a positive effect which can reduce our cortisol level. Cortisol level, the stress uh, the stress hormone that is released into our bodies when we're under stress and also I describe a sixth strategy that works really well for me which is the strategy of connecting with other people and then episode five is a completely different sort of topic which is around um, a story that I share uh, of when I discovered a new insight when I stopped for another biker and uh, and it's hopefully quite a compelling story and it it has been very popular in terms of the episodes that have been released so far so please listen to that if you would like to find out more about that experience that I had episode six last week's episode was about two leadership qualities inspired by me thinking about Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II and the two two of the principal qualities that I saw within Her Majesty um, and I share that and I think that they are two great qualities of all great leaders and those are around warmth and strength and leading with warmth and leading with strength as well and episode seven is this one next week I will be talking about something called servant leadership and leading from behind and that is uh, inspired by a motorcycle um, experience or story that I will share in next next week's episode. 
So now then, hopefully that is um, helpful and just allows us to take stock a little bit of um, the episodes that have already been recorded. So now let's look at this week's learnings. And just to share that this week on, on Tuesday, I was having a bit of a tough day and I'd not, I've not shared this on this podcast before, but my career and what I do is, is it's a little bit like being a, a builder really in some senses. Sometimes I'm a joiner, sometimes I'm an electrician, sometimes I'm a plumber. And by that, I mean, I do different things. It's almost like having a little bit of a portfolio of a career career really but one of the things that I do is I do consulting work and essentially that means bringing my knowledge and my expertise in the topic areas that I have got um, experience in and I deliver those to my clients and in the recent weeks well around about four weeks ago I moved from a situation where I was known by uh, a lot of people in um, in an, in one single organization and I delivered an awful lot of work within the organization and I knew I would say I knew exactly what I was doing I was able to deliver what I needed to deliver with confidence being able to plan things out being able to predict what the workload is going to be and able to be able to deliver exactly what what was required and I I loved it but things changed for me and I decided that when a new opportunity presented itself I decided to go for it and hence I am in around week three and a half of a new situation where it's gone into the opposite of uh, what I've just described really it's gone into a situation where people don't know me um, people don't have an awareness of what my capabilities are I've got no track record and also looking into the workload as well I am working out how to go about delivering what I need to deliver so I've gone from a situation which is very very much certain to a level of uncertainty I know at the same time I've joined a brand new gym and I've talked about that in the past and there's a brand new diet that goes with that brand new gym and I was saying to Charlotte that I feel as though sometimes I've turned my life upside down (laughs) right now which is a crazy thing to do potentially at this sort of age but also it's pretty exciting like getting on a motorbike really as well Um, so it's been hard and demanding Um, and um, I've realised that you know this situation it must be the same for any person who starts a new role in a new organization and so it's not just me that experiences this and you know I'm really pleased because within the three or four weeks that I've been delivering work uh, for this organization then I've had some you know good early wins I would say I've had some really nice feedback Uh, personally and also people who've said this about me which is really good and I have to say though that it has been hard and there have been days when my confidence has been low now I could do a whole podcast on the topic of confidence because I've studied it I've read about it I actually teach and coach how to build confidence Um, and it's not unusual for 
leaders to have confidence challenges it's not it's not unusual for any of us to have confidence challenges to be honest with you whether you're a leader or we're a leader or not but what I do know and I have you know in my studies and this is backed by scientific research that there is a bit of a difference between males and females when it comes to confidence and I just bring this out because hopefully it explains a little bit about my uh, dipping confidence in the last few weeks when I've entered this new environment of not knowing the people and also not knowing the workload as well so when we look at females uh, apparently this is quite fascinating confidence in females is very much in line with their capabilities I'll say that again competent confidence in females is very much in line with their capabilities so no doubt in the early years of of life and of a career capability for males and females is low um, and and therefore confidence according to the scientific research that I've read uh, leads to females to be less confident in their uh, ability but but which is more aligned with their um, their levels of their confidence is, is more aligned with their levels of capability and as as females mature and get more experienced then their confident their capability increases and so does their confidence and I think this is why females to be honest with you looking from the outside in I think that's why they make such great leaders um, because if they can break through that glass ceiling of course um, that some of us experience whether male or female then they can make amazing leaders and we see that happening all around us I was listening to an interview by the Prime Minister of New Zealand um, just last week and it was just astounding and such a capable leader it was so impressive I can see that her um, confidence was was in line with her capability which was which is really great to see now as men however have this thing where again backed by scientific research confidence the confidence of young males is actually higher than their capability I'll just say that again the confidence of young males is higher than their capa than their capability we see that around us quite a lot I think and this but this actual overconfidence in youth actually does reduce over time and I think what happens we get to realize that we aren't as good as we think we are and we make mistakes and we find as well that people other than us are actually much much more capable than us and so I so what happens is again backed by scientific research our confidence reduces over time and becomes much more in line with our ability as we get older so as we get probably get to the end of our career then we have much more alignment with our with our confidence our confidence is much more aligned to our our capability 
as we get older. And if you plotted a graph, you would see you know, these two kind of differences, females confidence starting relatively small and growing with capability and males starting high and reducing as they mature. So why do I say all that? Well, it was on, um, on Tuesday afternoon that where, you know, I had a bit of a confidence dip really, really questioning myself, um, and thinking about, you know, was I doing the right thing and was my work delivering what I needed it to deliver? And I was thinking about ways to get back and I've got a whole list of things that I've built up over the years to build my confidence back when I do feel these dips in confidence. But just at that moment, I received a lovely email from someone who'd listened to my podcast who said that they really valued it and thanked me for doing that, for the time and effort that I'd put into it. And they said that my thoughts really helped them on that particular day. And I I can't tell you how much this positive feedback warmed me and helped me in that moment and gave me that little bit of confidence boost that I needed to carry on, not just with my day job, but also with the podcast as well. So it was just incredible to to receive. And, you know, I made sure that I thanked the person for that. Um, because it just hits, it was received right at the very right moment for me. But then I thought back about that. I thought back and reflected on that over the, the coming days. And I, I thought about some learnings that I can take from that. And I'm going to share those with you now and perhaps give you some learnings as well about um, about this piece of feedback that gave me that confidence boost. The first thing I, I thought was that, you know, from their point of view, they didn't need to do that, but they did it. They took time out of their day just to send that email. They wrote it all down, thought about it, wrote it down and sent it to me. And they gave me that feedback and it was truly valued. And my, my question or my challenge to us and to me as well is, can we do that? Is there someone out there right now that has done a very good piece of work excuse me and can we can we give them some feedback and let them know it can be anybody can't it it doesn't have to be a work colleague it can be a family member it can be a friend it can be someone who serves us um or does anything really or just someone that you see doing a, a great job you know why not try that why don't we just give more positive feedback more readily I think that's be a really good thing to do the second observation that I would reflect is that you know for me that feedback came just at the right right time that person who sent that feedback to me didn't know how valuable that was going to be but they sent it and it was received just at the right time and sometimes in life we get feedback. I know I've had feedback. I remember one piece of feedback I had, which hit me and it was pretty harsh feedback that came just at the wrong time and really knocked my confidence uh, a couple of years ago. But sometimes we receive positive feedback just at the right time. So I think it's important 
if you do receive it, to take a moment to um, accept that feedback. And by accepting that feedback, I mean really thinking about what those words have are, what they say, and what that means to you, and what what you have done in order to to reach that point. I think that we can all learn and we can all consider. I've written the, the word dwell down on it, but it's probably more than dwell. It's more about reflecting on the feedback that we've been given because if it is so, if it is positive, it's really giving us a pathway, I think, that we can build on. So we've got to think about what we can learn, what can we do more of, and what things should we be doing less of <clears throat> and also I think it's important also to hold that feedback and record it you know maybe print that email off or and hold it in a scrap but because there will be times when we will need that feedback again to give us a confidence boost I mentioned that I have got lots of things that I can do to bring my confidence back and so I look at those and those records of positive feedback and bring them out when I need them and that's a really good thing to do as well I think and then thirdly you know people often say to me when I'm when I'm coaching them how can I find out what I'm doing wrong Gareth what are my weaknesses what are my blind spots I think yes these are important things to find out and by eliciting feedback from chosen people in a very safe way we can find out things that we need to look at things that we need to address things that are our weaknesses and are our blind spots um, these are all really important to, to find out but I think feedback is like a yin and a yang both positive and developmental I would say but sometimes the positive feedback does come through and perhaps it is more rare to get positive feedback I think I think it is so I think it's really really important that when it does come through like this to take that moment to use it as a positive to tell you what you're doing right in the world right now and really as I said earlier to reflect on it to own that positive feedback and and make make most use of it and use it to make you healthy and well for that day but also healthy and well for the future is so in summary before I sign off my challenge is really number one can you can we can we provide positive feedback to others can we keep it positive and reinforcing it's easy so easy to send critical feedback but can we send positive and reinforcing feedback and the point is you know you never know we never know and we may never ever find out what happened to that feedback when it was received by that person but that is okay because and in some ways 
it doesn't matter that we we don't find out because if we do that and we put that positive feedback out there we know you know that you have put some good out into this world and so I just say go on please try that try to do that today do what that person did for me this week do that today or at least this week please try to send out some well not try to do send out some positive feedback you never know what the outcome will be so that is it for this week i hope that you have enjoyed this particular uh session this podcast as i said earlier it's all about the the enjoyment the the enjoying the ride side of life the more developmental side of life uh, that positive feedback fits within I used to work for an amazing boss called Paul Sellers um, I hope you I'm sure you won't mind me mentioning him but he was incredible and he built his whole way of working um, and the way that he led teams still does on positive reinforcement or positive feedback. He lived and breathed it, he was amazing at it. And one of my other colleagues that I work with now was reflecting on that this week. And uh, we were both saying what an amazing person he is and and, uh, and what he taught us, but he built his whole career on, and his team on positive reinforcement. It was amazing and that is just what I'm talking about right now. So I shall sign off for now. Um, and I will say um, goodbye for now but until this time next week um, I will thank you for listening and, um, and see you next time 